Great start to the show. <laughs> Muted our mics and forgot to turn them off. What is up, everybody? How are you doing tonight? We are back with another episode of Pucking Around. As always, I am Noah Dog Dibler, resident Penguins fan slash retirement home orderly, and I am joined by my co-host and good buddy, Guard Charger Patrick, representing his Tampa Lightning. How are you doing tonight, my friend? Oh, I'm fired up, man. A lot of, lot of news going on in the hockey world. Uh, and obviously, regular season is underway as my Tampa Bay Lightning are set to kick things off in Madison Square Garden against those terrible, terrible rags up north at 730 Eastern on ESPN and ESPN Plus, if memory serves me correctly. So, yeah, fired up, man. Excited to be on here. Yeah, absolutely, man. we got a lot of stories to get into. Like you said, um, hockey games in North America are actually kicking off. We had the... Uh, Kickoff game in Europe last Friday between the Sharks and the Preds, and the Preds got that got the W in that one. And now, you know, we got a full slate of games we're going to predict. So, um, funny enough, uh, Guard and I didn't even really notice this to a few days ago. We actually predicted preseason games last week. Um, so, you know, <laughs> we're gonna we're not going to be doing that anymore. Um, but we'll get into how our records came out in those games, and obviously, do more picks today. Before we get too far into, it, let's give a quick shout out to our social media pages. Uh, obviously, we're here on Facebook at Rebian Preview Sports, Instagram at Rebian Preview, Twitter at Rebian Preview One, Anchor, which is where we post the podcast, anchor.fm slash Rebian Preview. Uh, subscribe to our YouTube channel at Rebian Preview Sports, and we're also on TikTok at Rebian Preview. Uh, if you are watching on YouTube and you're joining, make sure to leave a like on the video. Subscribe, hit that big red button if you're joining. And if you're watching on Facebook, make sure to leave a like, like as well because fake, Facebook's algorithm really likes it when people do that. Um, but, yeah, we're just going to get right into it, Garth. A lot of news breaking the past few days. In fact, major news. Funnily enough, Garth, the streak continues. Major hockey news breaking today on the day of our show. Um, but we'll get into that topic much later. First, we're going to get um, into some news that broke a couple days ago. Two, two major extensions. First, for the Calgary Flames, extending defenseman Mackenzie Weger, who, Garth, you'll remember, was involved in that Hubert O. Kachuk blockbuster deal back in early July. Signing an eight-year, $50 million contract extension to remain with the Calgary Flames, a $6.25 million AAV. And in my opinion, Garth, I think it's a great move for the Flames. I think it was fantastic by their management. Just so quickly, first of all, they extended Huberto after only like 10 days after he was traded there, and then they get Uyghur locked up as well, which is great because if they traded for these guys and they didn't extend them and they left in free agency, it could have been a potentially disaster trade for them, but... Now they got back, in my opinion, an elite player in Huberto, really solid defensive defenseman in Uyghur, who's starting to add a bit of offense to his game as well. They got these guys locked up long-term, so they're going to be a part of this team for the foreseeable future. What do, you, what, do, what do you think about these recent signings, Garth? Yeah, I think it was something that they <clears throat> on their end they had to do because, like you said, you know they, they gave up uh to chuck specifically in this trade but they also lost good road to the columbus blue jackets mm -hmm. so you know they had holes to fill and and really big skates if you will to fill so you know if they should, had just signed them to like a one or two year bridge deal to see if it worked out you know and then they just left in the offseason i feel like that would be kind of a slap in the face to the fan base there in calgary um so i think that whether or not it, it works in their favor they their hands were kind of tied with this one to lock these guys up long term um but this one here specifically i think it's a really good deal because like you said uh is a solid defenseman um i wouldn't go out on a limb and say he's like an elite defenseman yet uh, but definitely a, a solid player there um you know to strengthen the blue line a team much like an edmonton oilers really needs more presence there on the defensive side of things so i think it's a pretty good deal uh you lock up a very mm -hmm. solid defenseman for uh, eight years there. So you're going to have him for a while, prime of his career, and they didn't have to overpay. I think that's probably the best part about this deal. Uh, they kind of paid him, you know, pretty much median uh, type money in this one. Yeah. I mean, considering the fact that what Sergeyev, how old was it? Around eight, nine, probably 10. I yeah. Think. Yeah. Something like that. And, you know, they get weaker on what I think is a pretty solid deal. Definitely. Like you said, guard, not breaking the bank. On a guy that's pretty good. I mean, looking at his stats last season, this is a guy that in the past, you know, was definitely not offensively focused. But last year, 44 points in 80 games, pretty solid. He was also a plus 40. But like I said, the main thing you're getting with him, Garth, is he's very defensively sound. He hits, he blocks shots, he takes the puck away as well. Um, 
at a pretty good rate for a defenseman considering, you know, they give the puck away a lot because they're responsible for always breaking the puck out pretty much. So the fact that, you know, his takeaways last year were pretty even compared to his giveaways is actually pretty good. Um, you know, when you look at stuff like defensive puck shares, um, 15.8 defensive puck shares compared to only 7.5 offensive puck shares. So you know what you're getting, Garth. You know this is a, a defense first guy, but he's starting to get to the point where, you know, he can chip in a little bit of offense here and there, which is really just a bonus. Um, he's not a guy that they necessarily traded for for his offensive prowess. But anything he adds, you know, they'll definitely take. And Florida was way better last year when Uyghur was on the ice compared to when they when he was not. So I think it's great that they got got him locked up. And like you said, really didn't break the bank either. Um, our buddy Mike DeSanto coming in. What's up, Mike? Let's go, Rangers. Time to slay the demon on opening night. Well, Garth did just mention that a while ago. Absolutely massive matchup. Yeah, hopefully a big L there in MSG tonight. Uh, hopefully the rags will not be being flown in excitement and instead using to wipe tears from the face of the Rangers fans. He's no Adam Fox. No, he's not. Adam Fox nope, is a not. top three defenseman. But um, Josh saying, let's fucking go. That intro made me jizz myself. Obviously, <laughs> Josh did make the intro music. So, yeah, if you do enjoy, Dom put together the clips and Josh made the intro music. So shout out those two. We got, we got a couple comments coming in, so if you guys have not yet, please make sure to leave a like on the show to help share it. Um, Mike's saying for Tampa, big L. Um, Mike is a good dude. Mike, I would not be surprised if we lost tonight because we've got a lot of new faces playing and a lot of different lines uh, yeah. from last season on both sides, not just offensively, but they're on the defensive side of things as well. Yeah, Mike is a good dude, but he absolutely loves to troll, man, which, you know, honestly, as a fellow troll, I have to respect. But that game does kick off at 7.30 p.m. Eastern, so um, we'll try and keep an eye on that a little bit as the show goes on. Obviously, we're not going to be on here for too long, but we'll see what happens there. <laughs> Moving on to the next topic, Garth, another re-signing. In my opinion, you know, this is another one. That they had to do this. The Stars re-signing Jason Robinson to a four-year, $31 million contract extension which is a 7.75 million AAV. This is a guy that is point per game in his career guard, 125 points in 128 career games played. And last season, it was even higher. He had 79 points in 74 games. And when you look at a team like the Stars, who underachieved, I think, a bit offensively last season, guys like Sagan and Ben have been off years, not even reaching 50 points, I believe. Jason Robertson really stepped up for them. Him, you know, Rupe Hintz as well. These were really guys leading the offensive charge for Dallas as they went in the playoffs. And obviously they didn't get very far like they did the year before. But, you know, this is probably, actually, no, definitely their most valuable player, I think, in Jason Robertson and, and probably their best player overall. So to get him locked up, you know, for four years, avoiding, you know, arbitration and stuff like that, really necessary move, I think, as well for a, a team that, you know, I think you would agree with me is, Kind of a, a fringe playoff team, you know, probably a wild card team, or if they get a divisional spot, it, it's definitely like the third spot or something like that. So it was necessary for him to get this guy locked up for the next few years. Yeah, I said it last week. I think for me, the Dallas Stars is the biggest what if team in the league this year because you could see them having kind of like a really uh, disappointing bad year, or you could also see them kind of overachieving, getting themselves into playoffs and. You know, maybe not winning a series, but at least looking competitive. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, but, yeah, great deal to keep Jason Robertson there in Dallas. There's a lot of talks that this one might not happen. They kind of went back and forth for quite a while. Um, and they finally just recently do lock him up for four years. Uh, this kid's a stud, Noah. He's young. He's only 23. Last year was only his second full season in the NHL. 40 goal score, 79 total points. Uh, one of my favorite younger guys in the league up there with like Trevor Zegras and Tim Stutzla and, and those kind of guys. Um, and like you said, probably their best overall player because they've got a lot of aging guys on this roster, guys. Mm -hmm. As you mentioned, like Ben and Seguin. Also, uh, Joe Pavelski is no young buck himself. So really, you know, on the offensive side of things, it's him defensively. Uh, maybe a guy like Heiskanen and then there in goal, the Otter, Jake Ottinger. So, yep. you know, really good to lock up one of their key young pieces there for the next few seasons. And, you know, hopefully they can start to turn that roster over and get some younger, talented guys in there to replace some of those older guys who, like you said, at least last season, greatly underachieved. 
yeah, Pavelski was the leading point guy last year with 81 points in 82 games, which was a career high for him. But like you said, Garth, he's 38 years old. Rupe Hintz as well, one of their uh, one of their three players that had more than 70 points. Um, he's another pretty young guy, 25. Um, but Robertson, you know, 23. And like I said, you know, he was only two points behind their, their leading point guy who's, you know, a 15-year veteran in the league basically. So when you look at the, those top three and then you see the next leading guy on the team guard that is Sagan with only 49 points, I believe it was. Absolutely massive drop-off. So, you know, they need to extend, you know, the young guys on the team while they can because, you know, Pavelski, like you said, he's getting older. He's not going to be there too long. Robson hints are, are really their future going forward because, um, you know, Ben and Sagan's contracts, if they don't produce better than they did last year, they're going to start, you know, looking not great. Um, they also lost John Klingberg on the uh, the blue line. They lost your guy, Vladimir Nemestikov, who came over to you guys. Yeah, which so, I'm glad we got him. We'll talk more about that when we get into the Tampa game. But, yeah, yep. glad they lost him. They also lost uh, Radulov, who went back to the KHL. So we'll see what happens with the Stars. Like Mike says, I think Mike put it puts it pretty well. Dallas is a weird team. They're not good, but they're not bad. And, you know, th that's why I think they're just kind of, you know, a fringe team. Don't really know what they're going to do until you see it. You know, one year they're in the Stanley Cup Finals against you, Garth, you know, giving you a pretty decent run for your money. And next year they're just squeaking in the playoffs as a wild card. So we'll see what happens with Dallas. But great re-signing, I think, to bring back Jason Robinson for the next four years. Next. Um, unfortunately, you know, we can't always talk about good teams. We have to talk about the, the, the lower level teams as well. Like Mikey Bradley's Buffalo Sabres, Kyle Ocposo has been named the 20th full-time captain of the Sabres. He's been there since 2016. He was involved in, I want to say it was the Tyler Myers trade or no, Evander Kane, something like that, Garth. I can't even remember what it was because it was so long ago now, but he's been there since 2016. Uh, he has 195 points, 80 goals, 115 assists, and 380 games played for the Sabres. And we talked a bit, a bit about the Sabres, you know, with Mikey in the past few years. Uh, let's be honest, not a good team. They're not going to be good this year. The Atlantic Division is very rough. Um, I think Arcpozo's he's an okay player. Like, I think at his best, you know, you're talking high 40s, low 50s scoring. You know, he's he's decently physical. Um, he's a, he's a pretty big guy, six foot two sixteen. So, you know, he does have that little bit of physicality to his game. Um, he hits a little bit. He's not, you know, a guy that's going to hit like 150 times, but he has a slight physical edge. He's just a, a decent player, but you know, when you, when you're a team like the Sabres, that doesn't have anything at all. A decent player is, you know, one of the best players that you got. So, and plus, like I said, Ocpozo has been there for, how many years? I just want to check what trade that was, you know, real quick, Garth. But while I do that, um, what were your thoughts on seeing Ocpozo was named the captain? Yeah, like you said, he's not really like this uh, over-the-top great player or anything. Kind of just does his job out there on the ice. Nothing too flashy. Um, I think really the biggest thing and why this happened is just from a pure standpoint of leadership. This is one of the guys who's been there the longest. Granted, a lot of this roster is very, very young and inexperienced. Like you said, uh, fortunately at the moment, not a very great team, but they do have a ton of young talent that hopefully, you know, over the next few seasons, they can build momentum, uh, kind of get those guys into NHL shape and being able to play major minutes and, you know, contribute to winning hockey games. Um, so I think that, you know, being one of the more experienced guys, probably despite not having great stats is probably one of the leaders in that locker room to a lot of, that a lot of these younger guys look up to. I think that that's really why he ended up getting the C and, you know, hopefully he can help lead, like I said, a very talented, but young core of guys here for the Sabres. Um, wish them the best. Definitely a little bit of a soft spot for him. I love their, much like the St. Louis blues. I love their Jersey combination. That blue and yellow just looks so nice. Um, but, yeah, Atlantic's tough, and like I said, I think they're a few seasons away from, you know, winning hockey. Uh, Mike say Matt Molson trade with the Isles. Well, I actually looked it up, Mike, because like you said, you know, a lot of transactions that happen in those spheres between the Isles and the Sabres. Um, I didn't know this, or I forgot it. Akposo apparently was actually a free agent. Signed, a, I think, a seven-year, $42 million deal is what I read, which I thought he was traded. Uh, that shows how long ago it was and how many deals those two teams made together. That uh, that I confused it. 
Uh, Mike says their HL team is the Rochester Americans. They play where I live. They got some really good prospects coming. They've had a lot of high draft picks the few years. They've won on yeah, some lotteries as well. Sabres are loaded with young talent. They just got to get them time on the ice and, you know, hope they develop because, unfortunately, uh, hockey is a sport where, you know, it's kind of 50-50. These guys can just become run-of-the-mill, you know, players end up spending most of their time on, like, an AHL team or – you know, they can be big-time contributors. Absolutely. Um, they've got a lot of draft picks coming, so, you know, we'll see what they do in the next few years. Of course, they've had high draft picks for a very long time now, and it hasn't really worked out for them just yet. They need a goaltender, too. Yeah, what's his name? Lukanen, I think his name is. They need to see if that guy um, hands out. I'm going to just look him up real quick, actually, see um, how old he is. Uko Pekka Lukanen is 23 years old, so he's their big prospect goalie that I know. So we'll see if, if he can work out for him. But moving on from the Sabres, uh, we're going to talk about a couple more promising a couple more promising players on some not-so-great teams. Um, Matty Beniers and Juraj Slavkovsky look, look primed to compete for the Calder Memorial Trophy as the NHL's top rookie after both players make their team's opening day rosters. Um, and he misses me. This to me, Garth Beniers in particular had a very strong preseason. Did a bit of uh, research in the Slavkovsky. Apparently, he started off a bit slow. In fact, he started off so slow that their own GM said that his performance was underwhelming, which um, you know some people in the mind not like. I personally don't see a problem with you know challenging a player that you just drafted number one. But from what I heard, towards the latter half of preseason, he started to perform a little bit better. But he's going to have a lot of pressure on him as number one overall pick. It's not going to be easy to start. I mean, you know, we, we saw it took, you know, about two years for Lafreniere to get um, settled in with the Rangers. Kako's still trying to find his stride. So it's not always easy, you know, being a, being a top-drafted winger. So we'll see what he does. I think it's a lot easier for a guy like Ben Years to, you know, just settle in as a center because it's definitely a more important position. I mean, <laughs> you agree with that, Garth. You and I both picked Ben Years to win the Calder in this one, but – what are your expectations for these two guys on, you know, some teams that, you know, we, we mentioned in the past, not great teams at all, probably going to be picking in the top five again this year. But they have, you know, some pretty solid prospects coming in the next few years. Yeah, so out of the two, my expectations for Ben Years is definitely higher just because, you know, he, he's there in Seattle. The expectations are much lower. You know, it, it's a completely different hockey market than there in Montreal. You know, mm -hmm. the fan base, granted, it was like 100 years ago, is used to success and expect, expect success in Stanley Cups. Uh, and then, you know, Seattle, they're just – they've had one season. It wasn't that great. They don't really have like a passionate hockey base built up there. Uh, and it's not like they're playing in a ton of primetime games, getting a lot of spotlight there on the team. So, you know, definitely from a franchise and culture standpoint, a lot less pressure on him, which I think is only going to benefit the situation. Um, and on top of that, you know, he's more experienced. Very rarely do you see these guys who are high draft picks come in right away and have like a Calder type year. It, there's just those rare, rare, you know, outliers like a Ovechkin or a Crosby, you know, guys like that, they come in and kill it right away. But most of the guys, you know, it takes a few years to really develop, get used to the speed of the league, kind of find your game. Uh, so Ben Years got to play quite a bit last year, obviously in the, in the preseason and the regular season where Slikovsky is just coming in this year. Um, and Beniers looked fantastic in the preseason. I think he had four or five goals. You know, he's a really confident player. Me and one of my buddies who's, you know, big time on prospects. We talked a lot about this kid just the other day, just, you know, the confidence that he plays with. He's got a really fantastic shot. Um, really powerful slap shot. Actually remind me a little bit of Stamkos because he likes to wind it up from that left side. Uh, being a right-handed shooter. So, yeah, definitely uh, if I had to pick one or two that's, you know, more likely been years. Um, and, and hopefully Slavkowski doesn't have a rough go of it because that Montreal team still needs a lot, and they've got a lot of uh, young guys there in that top six, guys like him and Caulfield. Even Suzuki, I think people, you know, they, they grew so accustomed to seeing this guy the, the past few seasons. He's still only like 24. Uh, and he, he's actually been in the spotlight a lot because the Montreal fan base basically is demanding that he learn French since he got named the captain in the offseason. So stupid. But, you know, yeah, it's kind of weird to think, you know, Garth, I'm looking at Suzuki's stats real quick. Already over 200 NHL games played. 
but like you said, he's still only 23 years old. He turned 23 um, in August. Um, so 143 points and 209 games played. You know, he's already getting that experience. And, you know, like we said, he's already a good player. I mean, he's already the freaking captain at such a young age, which doesn't really happen too often, you know, even on bad teams. I mean, we just talked about Ocposo, who's definitely, you know, well into his 30s being the captain of the Sabres. So impressive for Suzuki. Love Cole Kofidov, obviously, and Slavkovsky, like you said, it's gonna. I think it's going to take a while for him to settle in. Um, but I think once he does, he's going to be a good player. You know, not every you know, number one draft pick, like you said, is going to be a Crosby or an Ovechkin or even, you know, guys like McDavid or Matthews because, Garth, these are guys years in advance that people knew would be the best from their draft classes pretty much, and they've lived up to the potential. Um but that's not always how it works. Sometimes yeah. these guys need time to develop. And, you it's know, like you said, just so rare, Noah, for guys to come into the league in their first year and just kill it right away. Yeah, people are, people are – I think people need to be more patient with some of these top NHL draft picks. It's not like the NFL where you can draft a guy in the third rounder and he's, you know, a starter for you the entire year or whatever. If you're not picked in the top five, you're probably not playing. If you're going to Fitzgerald, probably not playing. The only way you're playing year one is if you're like a top five forward. And even then, it's not guaranteed. Jonathan Huberto, who's had the second most points in the league last year, Garth, didn't play at all his rookie year after he got drafted. And he was the number three overall pick. So it happens. So, But uh, for Ben years, this guy's all the of the world. He's still very young. Turns 20 in a month, I think it is. He had nine points in 10 games last year when he played. So... When he came in guard for his little cameo in the season, he wasn't just out there going through the motions. He was legitimately producing. Yeah, really good season in the AHL, too, if memory serves me correctly. It's been a minute since I looked at his uh, stats, but I believe he had a really good year in the AHL. Well, next topic, Garth, and, you know, I did mention there was some breaking news today in the hockey world. Really don't want to talk about this, honestly, because it's not a fun thing to talk about, but it is important, I think, to discuss – this Hockey Canada sexual assault investigation that's going on. And, Garth, the breaking news today that the president, um, Scott Scott Smith is his name, and the entire board of directors of Hockey Canada all departed today, turned in their resignations or whatever it is, because of the sexual assault allegations regarding um, alleged abuses by members of Canada's junior team back in 2018. Um, I don't know how much you've read up on this, Garth. I personally, I'll admit, you know, right here, right now, haven't done a lot of research about this. I have heard about it, obviously, though. So, you know, what are your main takeaways from what you've read up on this hockey Canada, you know, crap that's been going on? What are your thoughts on basically the entire leadership handing in their resignation notices today? Yeah, so, like, you know, I haven't followed it, like, super closely, read all, you know, the articles that have been coming out. But you know, I've definitely picked up things here and there. Um, I've paid attention to it because it's front headline news for the for the hockey community, unfortunately, because it shines a very bad light on, you know, hockey. Um, but, you know, for me personally, when I look at it, just kind of like a complete neutral towards the situation until we, you know, everything comes out, we know what's true and false. Uh, just trying to be like as unbiased as possible to me. Um it, it doesn't look good. You know, everybody's everybody's cutting their funding. Everybody's leaving, you know, like you said, the whole uh, board and the uh, chairman stepped down, resigned. Even people who, you know, work for Hockey Canada that had nothing to do with what went on. Like, I forget who it is, but it's uh, there's a female that works for the company and she's like head of player development or something. You know, she had absolutely nothing to do with the allegations and and what happened. Uh, but she stepped away just because she didn't want to work for, you know, a company that let, let that kind of thing happen under their watch. So, you know, to me, it, it definitely doesn't look good. I think that a lot of stuff is going to come out as we get through the hockey season. And there's going to be a lot of people held responsible and potentially really harsh uh, punishments and consequences for their actions. Um you know, it's just something that we're going to have to keep an eye on moving forward and, you know, kind of see how it plays out. Yeah, I mean, this is unfortunate, Garth. You know, board chair Michael Brindamore stepped down back in August. Uh, Andreas Skinner was appointed as an interim chairperson on August 9th. Uh, lots of turnover in the leadership, like you said, even people that weren't directly involved resigning. 
Um, something I've re I've read up on here, Garth, that is interesting as well, is that Hockey Canada has been using reserve payments to pay for quote uninsured liabilities, aka the claims regarding sexual abuse, from a fund that has been built up basically from player registration fees and stuff like that. So they're using their own funds pretty much from, you know, these player registration fees to try and, you know, pay off, cover up, you know, whatever the hell you want to call it, pay off these settlements in this sexual assault case without an insurance company, um, basically, you know, to keep it quiet, to, you know, keep it from outside scrutiny, <laughs> except in the in return guard that's actually done the exact opposite. And now they're under fire for this as well, you know, looking like they're trying to cover something up. So, um, you know, I, I've seen in the past few weeks people complaining that hockey transparent, our hockey Canada, excuse me, has not been transparent enough, you know, in regards to the investigation. And they look pretty suspicious, so I'm not going to lie. Um, and let's be honest, you know, these claims are talking about sexual assault. No joke in Garth. Uh, you need to investigate it very seriously because, you know, it's, it's just not cool, man. I mean, it's just always wrong to do something like that, you know. And when you bring into something like sports, I mean, you know, we've seen, you know, I don't want to get into it too much, Garth, but even with the Sean Watson, whether or not he's guilty or not, it's just not a good look for everyone involved. That stuff like that happens. So they need to get this resolved. Um, people in the leadership need to cooperate because, look, one way or another, they're, they're going to find out what happened. Like, you're not going to be able to cover it up. This isn't going away just, you know, <laughs> because you put your head in the sand like an ostrich or whatever. Um, it's out there. It's gaining fire. It's... <laughs> You know, it's like pouring oil on a, on a field and lighting it on fire. Like, it's not going away anytime soon. So, we'll see what happens, what comes out the next few weeks about it. Uh, very unfortunate, but, you know, like I said, Garth, um, it is important. It is hockey-related news, so I thought we should at least discuss it for a bit because, you know, there was that breaking news today that basically the entire leadership resigned. But moving on to some more um, cheerful news and news you're going to like, Garth, Cole Kepke making the Lightning's opening day roster as a rookie. This is a guy that's 24 years old, um, and from what I've seen, it looks like he's projected to play on the third line because they have lost some guys in their bottom six. So this is a guy that probably will produce right away, and he's on a you know a phenomenal situation, great team. Excuse me, great team to play for. What are your, Well, first of all, I'll ask you this, Garth, since I'm sure you've watched a bit of preseason. How has he looked in preseason? And judging off what you've seen from him in preseason or in the minors or whatever, wherever you've seen him play, what are your honest expectations for what he could do this year? Um, do you think he can be another guy like a Ross Colton maybe who gets bottom six minutes but every time he plays can produce? Yeah, so first and foremost, I just want to say that you know very very well because you know I, I've messaged you a ton about this. I've been rooting so hard for this kid. Uh, as soon as I found out that we were bringing him into camp, just a little bit of quick background on him. He went to University of Minnesota Duluth, which is a school that in terms of like football, basketball, you know, pretty much any sport you've never heard of. But when it comes to hockey, they are actually like one of the division one powerhouses. Uh, they've won some national championships. They usually have a really competitive team most seasons. Um, so he played his college career there. He is an American from the hockey state. Uh, and last year, what I believe he was drafted last year was 2021. So I believe he was in the 2020 draft. Last year was his first season in the AHL. He played a entire season. He looked really, really good uh, there for the Syracuse Crunch. This year we brought him into camp. Um, he looked really good in the prospect showcase and he looked, you know, pretty solid in the preseason in his first actual NHL minutes. Um, he didn't really like score a lot or, you know, light up the stat sheet. But what he did do was, you know, gritty forechecking, you know, really good skater, really, really good skater. Um, you know, he just he has kind of like that toughness, that edge to him, where even if he's not lighting it up offensively, you know, he's making those plays that don't show up on the stat sheet that maybe lead to a scoring chance or, you know, a big time turnover, uh, shift the momentum in your favor. So. <laughs> You know, my expectations for him this year aren't really huge um, because, like I said, it is going to be his first time playing in the actual NHL. Um, and he probably will get bumped back down when Sorelli comes back from injury because that really was the hole in the roster that needed to be filled. Uh, but until he does, you know, this is going to be a guy who's getting a lot of minutes there on that third line. And he's got a good pair of line mates, too. So who knows, you know. 
maybe he can kind of catch fire and, and start scoring some goals for us. But uh, I'll just be happy with him playing major minutes, getting experience, um, you know, there on the NHL level, because like you said, he is young and it is his first year in the NHL. So any kind of experience he can get right now, especially besides such good guys to mentor him and to learn how to be, you know, a professional in hockey uh, it will be huge. And hopefully years down the road, this will be like a piece for this Tampa Bay Lightning team. Yeah, I'm with you on this one, Garth. I think it's great that he gets to walk into a team, like you said. You know, he doesn't have to be a focal point, if you will. He's going to play lower line minutes. There's still elite players on that roster, especially that forward core that can mentor him. And, we, you know, we've seen in the past how many times guys that start off, you know, not playing a lot of minutes for the Lightning, but then, you know, a few years down the line, they end up playing a major role. Guys like Tyler Johnson or um, Andre Palat, Alex Kaloran even. Obviously, yeah, Ross Colton's the most recent one. Yeah, so several examples. So um, if he could be, you know, the next guy kind of in that line, if you will, uh, I think it'd be great for the Lightning. And they need, they really need that because I don't have to tell you, Garth, their cap situation for next season, they're going to lose quite a few guys, I think, because they got like six or seven guys up and they're already over the cap as it is. So it's going to be pretty rough for them. I think they're projected to have like $3 million in cap space maybe next year with all those guys they have to resign. So, you know, if they could have a young guy like Kepke come up and, you know, you know, carve out a little role for himself, I think that really helped them as well. But moving on, uh, our most lengthy segment, most likely, we're going to get to our weekly predictions. We did five games last week. Uh, we're going to try and do 10 this week because it's, you know, regular season is in full swing. Got a lot more games to predict than we did last week. And we don't have any preseason games to predict, you know, this time. So, we're going to get right into it, but real quick before we do get into this week, we're going to review our picks from last week. Uh, we both, I think we both went 4-1. and one. Uh, Garth and I both picked the Preds, so we're both right on that. Same with the Leafs. Uh, I picked the Ducks, whereas Garth picked the Kings. The Kings did end up winning that game, so Garth got the win there. We both picked the Lightning, so we both got that one right. And I yeah, picked I the Wild. <laughs> the Lightning looked terrible until we finally played a game at Amelie and they killed the Panthers. The Metstikov hat trick. Hopefully he can be a huge piece this year. Yeah, absolutely. Big free agent signing for them. And I think the final score was something like 5-1 or 5-2. I want to say, like you said, uh, Nemestikov first star of the game with a hat trick. Uh, I picked the Wild over the Stars. So that was a win for me. So Garth and I are both 4-1 and one going into the first full week of the regular season. So I'm going to go ahead and put up the schedule, Garth, uh, so we can kind of, you know, look at these games together. Uh, it looks like the, the Lightning Rangers game has just kicked off as well. Um, so if you want to keep an eye on that while we're kind of going through this, you can, but it looks like it's puck drop is just about to happen. Um, but yeah, I'm going to go ahead and put the schedule up here real quick, and then we will get into our picks for this week. Uh, we're going to do 10 games. I don't know if I said that already, but we will do 10 games. So let me go ahead and zoom in on this a little bit. And all right, that, that should be pretty good. I'm going to make it full screen as well, I think. Uh, bada bing, there we go. Uh, so we're not going to predict uh, the games tonight because, I don't know, there's just really not a lot to predict. I mean, we could do it real quick, Garth, because this game is about to kick off. Yeah, if you just Light want to do kind of like rapid fire real quick on the, tonight's game. So yeah, works. sure. Uh, Lightning Rangers, who you got in that one, Garth? So this one to me is a complete toss-up. You can make a lot of arguments both ways. Uh, a lot of new faces for the Tampa Bay Lightning. A lot of returning faces for the New York Rangers. Uh, out of pure bias, I'm going to go with the Lightning and also the fact that our top line is 100% and healthy, and I look for them to score two or three goals tonight to edge it out. A tough, hard-fought game there <laughs> in Madison Square Garden. All right, uh, good pick there, Garth. Uh, just to be different, I'm going to go with the Rangers at home in this one. Um, they're going to be fired up after the playoff series loss last year to you guys. They're at home. Igor is obviously great. It's it's going to be a solid goalie matchup. But I think the Rangers would come out, at least to opening night, they're going to be very motivated. I mean, I picked them to do great this year, number one seed <coughs> in the Eastern Conference. So I think they'll win this one in a close one, probably like a one-goal game. Um, I'll just go ahead and throw it out there, Garth. Uh, look for Alexi Lafreniere to have a big play in this game. Yeah, top line, top line tonight. Uh, we'll move on to our next game. We're not going to do – the king actually no vegas and the kings is actually a really good opening night matchup as well so you know what screw what i said like three minutes ago garth we are going to pick both <laughs> these games um vegas at los angeles pretty solid matchup here 
Um, so, you know, two teams I think we both had in the playoffs, kind of, you know, a little bit below the Flames and the Oars, but competing for, you know, that third divisional spot. And whoever doesn't get it is probably going to be a wild card. Obviously, Vegas underachieved a lot last year, whereas the Kings are kind of a more up-and-coming team, if you will. But this is an interesting matchup, I think. I think this is a pretty even game here. Uh, what are your thoughts on this one, Garth? Yeah, so like you said, I think this is a really even matchup, really good opening night game out there on the West Coast. Unfortunately, I won't be staying up for that one because yes. by the time that one ends, it will be way past my bedtime with having work tomorrow morning. Um, but I'm going to go just kind of rapid fire pick here, gut feeling. I'm going to mm-hmm. go with Vegas just edging it out in a hard fought one. Reason being, until they prove me wrong, I am high, high, high on this hype train of the Phil Kessel, Jack Eichel yes, sir. hype train. They looked phenomenal this preseason. They looked like they've already developed a lot of chemistry. Eichel looks like, you know, kind of back to his old self before all the injuries started to pile on. Uh, so, yeah, I'm going to go with Vegas here. Kessel, the hot dog eating machine, and Jack Eichel, <laughs> Mr. Robotic 1000 injury man, is going to, you know, get it going and, and edge this one out. Yep, I'm with you on this one, Garth. I think it's a close matchup, but I'm probably going to pick the Knights to win this one in a close. And they really underachieved last year. They can be way better than they did. Um, and the Kings, I think they will be a little bit worse, but I still think they'll make the playoffs. I think, I think they'll probably finish around the same spot. They'll just have less points, I think. So um, I'm going to pick Vegas, like you said. I think Kessel's a big addition to that team. You know, he's still he's still got that fire in him. I know he's not the guy he was five years ago by any means, but obviously, you know, if they get the playoffs, look out. Phil Kessel's a playoff performer, um, and he's starting to build that chemistry with Ico, like you said, who we didn't really see last year once he got traded to Vegas because he got hurt, only played like nine games or whatever it was. So um, look, keep an eye on Eichel this year as well to be one of the resurgent players in the NHL this year. Um, moving on, we're going to go with Vancouver at Edmonton. Really solid matchup here, I think, Garth. Two teams that are in the hunt definitely for the playoffs. I think the Oilers – are barring some severe circumstances are pretty much a lock uh, to be one of the top two teams in the Pacific division. Whereas Vancouver, I think it's more of a team that was compete for what is going to compete for wild card. They did it last season, but you know, it's just a terrible start to the year that by the end, when they were winning game after game, it was a little bit too late for them, but the Canucks, I'm looking at their injury report guard, a lot of guys on injured reserve, two defensemen and Travis Derman and Tyre Myers are out. They have multiple wingers as, out as well. Brock Besser, who's one of their best players, is day-to-day. Uh, Kyrie Yamamoto on the other side for the Oilers is also day-to-day. And Tyre Benson, another one of their wingers, is on injured reserve. So, you know, a lot of guys banged up heading into this game. Um, but honestly, Garth, I guess I'll make my pick for this one first. I'm going to go with the Oilers. I think they're just a way better team this year. I do like what the Canucks are doing. They have some really good players. Guys like Bo Horvat, obviously Pedersen is an absolute stud. Quinn Hughes. But when you got on the other side, you got McDavid, Drysidle. They brought back Kane, which was big for them. They got Jack Campbell and Ned as well, which I think is is a decent upgrade for them, for, for them over 49-year-old Mike Smith. Um, so, yeah, I'm going to pick the Oilers in this one. What about you, Garth? Yeah, I'm going to go Oilers in this one too. Uh, the Vancouver Canucks are kind of just <clears throat> one of those teams to me that are going to forever be you know, stuck kind of underachieving. You know, being a frustrating team to be a fan of because you expect so much more from them, but don't really ever get it. And like you said, you know, they're really banged up headed into this one. They do have some good players here and there, but, you know, the the talent there on Edmonton, all the guys you listed off, you know, is just way, way higher. I think that they're going to be really hungry to start the season off well after that sweep at the hands of the Colorado Avalanche. Uh, so, mm-hmm. I, you know, I got the Oilers here. Pretty easy pick for me to make. Tom coming in saying, happy opening night. What's up, Tom? Thank you for tuning yes, in, my friend. Thank you for stopping you a, by. Absolutely. Tom is a great guy. Um, we have a couple more games we're going to go through here. Um, next next day on Thursday, we have the Washington Capitals going on the road to face the Toronto Maple Leafs. Um, interesting matchup here. Multiple guys on injured reserve for this one as well. Nick Backstrom is the biggest one for the Capitals guard. One of their top centers will be out for this game. Tom Tom Wilson, uh, everyone's favorite player, and Carl Hagelin as well. Both are injured for this one. Orloff day-to-day. And the other side for the Maple Leafs, um, 
Timothy Liljegren is the main guy I see on injured reserve for this one, one of the younger defensemen. John Tavares day-to-day as well in this one. Uh, you know, the thing with the, the Maple Leafs, Garth, is how's the goaltending going to do this year? Jack Campbell left. We just mentioned that. So the guys they're looking at this year, Ilya Samsonov, who, funny enough, is playing his former team in this one, and my guy Matt Murray, who they traded for from the Ottawa Senators, um, look like the one-two punch for Toronto this year. So definitely not uh, um, elite or proven or, you know, uh, a lock to be elite this year by any means. Some questions in that. You always have to question in defense. Their offense is incredible. And other side for Washington, you know, you know, other than Ovechkin and you know the top line is pretty good. I like Kuznetsov. John Carlson's great on the defensive line. I don't know. I don't know what else that team really has. I mean, their goaltending is not great. I don't think their defense is particularly good either. I think they'll be, you know, competing for a playoff spot. Definitely. I think I had them, you know, I think I had them as third best in the Metro. Because I think they're a good team, but the top two are just, you know, I think clear in a way that, you know, the best teams in that division. And there's a big fall off after that. Um, what are your thoughts on that? You know, the Caps and Maple Leafs this year, Garth, and obviously who are you picking to win this one opening night or excuse me, Thursday? Yeah. You know, I'm not, I'm not huge on the Caps this year. Um, like you said, I, I think they're a good team. They're not great. They just, you know, outside of an, an aging Alexander Ovechkin, uh, they, there's not really a lot of, you know, supporting cast there like he's had in the past. You know, you've got a lot of like older veteran guys who are kind of just run of the mill players or, you know, some younger guys that show some promise, um, but aren't quite, you know, reached the, the best that they could be yet. Um, and like you said, complete kind of question mark there in goal for them this year, what they're kind of going to get out of that situation. Mm-hmm. Um, and then on the other side of things with Toronto, you know, this offense is still absolutely absurd, just like last year. Really, really high on that top line of, you know, Marner, Matthews, and Michael Bunting. Um, and I just – they got a lot of good pieces across the board on both sides, not just offensively. You know, there is a little bit to be desired there on defense, but, you know, I think they make up for it for how good they are offensively. You know, they can put a ton of pressure on you. They can score very quickly. Things mm-hmm. can get out of hand. Um, it, it's just really, you know, goaltending. Is it going to break them this year? It, are they going to come up short because they don't have good goaltending? Because quite frankly, last year, the main reason that they were in that series with my Tampa Bay Lightning is because Campbell played absolutely phenomenal. Every chance I've had, you know, to mention that series, I've always given a huge shout out to that guy. He played a phenomenal series, made it really tough on us. Um, and no way did they lose that series because of him. Uh, but I'm going to go with Toronto here. You know, they're home. We know how rocking that atmosphere is. The city of Toronto, you know, despite being very critical, also loves their hockey team, very passionate. And, you know, I, I just like what they've got going on overall as a team, much more than the Washington Capitals. All right. Uh, Garth and I will agree on that one as well, because I'm going with the Leafs. So we have the, the same teams in the last three games. This one might be a different bit different, though. I think this is a really close matchup. The Dallas Stars going on the road to face the Nashville Predators. Like you mentioned earlier, Garth, Nashville already played in the season opener last week in San Jose. Um, they had a great result. Nino Niederreiter, who you mentioned to me last week, Swiss player, had a hat trick in that game. Your boy Ryan McDonough as well had two assists and was a plus three in that one. And Lankinen came in the game uh, for UC Saros and actually got the win. Um, Ty Delandry is injured for the stars in this one. He is day to day, but other than that, we already, you know, mentioned a lot of the, the top stars, guys, Garth, guys like Pavelski, Hints, and, um, obviously Jason Robinson and the other side, Nashville, Nina Ryder looks like, you know, he obviously got off to a great start. Roman Yossi on the blue line is elite. UC Saros, um, is a stud. Obviously he's, I think he's going to be a top 10 goalie in the year, uh, the league this year easily. Um, very defensively focused team going up against a team that, like we said last year, Garth, underachieved a bit offensively. Looking to, interested to see what Sagan and Ben do this year. It's kind of a rebound year we're hoping for to see from them. Um, what are you thinking about in this one? Yeah, so first and foremost, uh, contrary, as I'm finding out, the more we talk about season predictions and how teams are going to fare, I'm kind mm-hmm. of on this now. Uh, they got a that I like, you know, 
list here real quick, Matt. Did you, uh, Philippe Forsberg, Cody, you know, heard a lot of good things out of him. Mm-hmm. A younger guy that has shown a ton of promise, Tanner Janat. Um, let's see, Ryan Johansson, Nino Niederreiter, as you been there just a few moments ago. Uh, obviously, my guy, Ryan McDonough, Yuzi Saros, and Nat. Um, Matthias Ekholm, really good player as well. Roman Yossi, you know, some of these guys you mentioned just last week on the show. I really like this Predators roster top to bottom. I think if they get things going, you know, they can build chemistry with some of these new faces. Uh, guys, you know, stay healthy and play up to their potential. I think these guys could seriously have a very good season. Uh, I'm going with the Predators here in this one. Um, I lost a little bit of faith in the Stars after watching them get just absolutely pummeled by Kirill the Thrill Kaprizov in his Minnesota Wild uh, the other night there in the preseason. Uh, yes. Yeah. Predators all the way in this one for me, Noah. Uh, interesting pick. Uh, you were right about the Predators last week in picking them in that one. Um, and they do have some decent players. Like you said, Duchesne scored 40 goals last year. Johansson pretty solid. Nina Ryder's off to a great start. On the other side for Dallas, I think one reason I really want to pick Dallas to win this game, and I will, my guy Otter, baby. Jake Ottinger in net. This is a guy that's shown he can stand on his head, carry the team, even if they're not playing well. Um, against a team like the Flames, who you know obviously clearly outmatch the Stars, he was basically the only reason that series went to seven games as it did. Standing on his head, I think he'll be an absolute stud. I predict him to win the best of this year, which definitely was not a consensus opinion by any means. I think if you know the top guys for the Stars can do well in this game, and you know guys like Sagan and Ben, they get it going a little bit. I think they can beat the Preds. I think um, you know the Preds offense. I don't know what to think about it. It's so hit or miss. It seems like the teams are always always focused on playing good defense and goaltending, which, hey, it's fine. You know, that wins you a lot of games. But, you know, sometimes you need a late offense player to take over, and I, I don't really think they have that. I think when you, your top guy from last season was Matt Duchesne, who had a few years there where it looked, looked like he might not even be in NHL for much longer. I don't know. I'm not too high on the Preds, honestly, Garth. I know you're way higher on them than I probably am. I'm going to pick the Stars to win this one here. Next game we're going to do is the Colorado Avalanche facing the Calgary Flames. Um, two really solid teams this year, Garth. I think this is actually the, the the two teams I picked to go to the Western Conference Finals this year. Colorado is the clear favorite uh, to win the Stanley Cup, win the President's Trophy and whatnot, you know, best roster in the NHL. They did lose Darcy Kemper in the offseason. He went over to the Washington Capitals. But, you know, my thing is, Garth, I don't think it's going to matter. They've had this revolving door of goalies for the past few years. And they just keep winning because the roster is absolutely stacked. You know, Kale McCarr on the defense, guys like Sam Gerrard and Eric Johnson as well are pretty solid. Uh, keep an eye on Bowen Byram, really young defenseman as well. I think he's about ready to break out. And then offensively, they re-signed Nate McKinnon a few weeks ago, which we discussed. Ranton is still there. Once Landis Scott comes back from injury, that'll be a big boost for them as well. Colorado's just so stacked. And while I love Calgary's roster, I have them winning Pacific. I think they can make the Western Conference Finals. I just think Colorado's on a different level to the rest of the NHL guard. They really do. And I'm going to pick the Avs to win this game on opening or on the opening week. Yeah, I, I promise this isn't planned, guys, but I have to agree with Noah on this one. Uh, you know, I'm, I like Calgary's roster as well. Uh, they've got a lot of turnover, a lot of new faces. Um, so it's going to take, you know, a few games to kind of iron things out, get the chemistry going, figure out your lines. Whereas Colorado, you know, yeah, they lost a couple of guys, but – the large majority of this team is the same exact guys who just went out there and won the Stanley cup. Uh, like you said, you know, the list of talented, you know, guys who can really contribute or take over a game just goes on and on and on with this roster. Um, you know, I think maybe the only argument you can make is, you know, is the goaltending going to kind of follow that same uh, trajectory as you just talked about, despite having a revolving door there and in net, you know, they've seemed to get these guys to kind of overachieve, play better than they have most of their career. So we'll have to see if that continues. But, you know, just early season, you know, I I just like this Avalanche roster way, way more than Calgary, you know, in this type of situation. I'm going with Colorado as well. All right. Next game. Uh, This is about uh, two real young teams that I think will be very promising in the next few years. Montreal Canadiens facing the Detroit Red Rings Friday night at 7 p.m. Eastern. Um Two teams that might not make the playoffs this year, Garth, but have a ton of young talent. 
you mentioned, you know, guys in the Canadians area, guys like Suzuki, Caulfield, and obviously Slavkovsky bringing number one overall pick. And the other side for the Red Wings, team that has drafted very well the past few years, guys like Lucas Raymond, um, Philip Zadina, uh, obviously Morris Sider was, you know, the, the Calder Trophy winner last year as top rookie as a defenseman guard, 50 points in 82 games. And a minus nine, which, you know, considering he was on such a bad team, a minus nine actually isn't that bad. When you think a guy like Lucas Raymond, who's another one of the top players, <laughs> was a minus 32. Dylan Larkin's a solid first-line center. Bertuzzi's pretty good, although he does some dumb shit every now and then, I think. Cop was their big free agent signing. They brought him over from the Rangers, former University of Michigan player, so a hometown boy as well. I like Rasmussen. I think he's a young guy as well. Obviously, you know, third-line center, so he's not going to produce a lot, but I think he's, you know, a pretty solid player. And in net, um, they have Billy Huso, who they got from the Blues, and Needle Kovic, former Hurricanes goalie. Um, what do you think of between these two teams, guard? Because I know you're really high in Detroit, as am I. I think that they're drafting the past years, man. Stevie Y, a guy you know very well, has just done a phenomenal job, again, with the Red Wings. And I think a few years from now, they're going to be right in the mix in the Atlantic Division. Yeah, I love this Detroit Red Wing roster. Uh, Montreal has some bright spots, but overall, you know, I'm not very big on that roster. I think they've got a lot of holes to fill. And I think that they're a, a, a lot further away from being like an actual competitive playoff caliber team than the Detroit Red Wings. Um, I expect Detroit to be a really competitive team this year. You know, kind of that team that whether they win or lose, they're going to play you really tough. You're not going to get any easy wins over these guys. Um, I don't think that they're quite ready to make that jump and make playoffs, especially with how tough that division is. Uh, but like mm -hmm. I said, they're going to be really com competitive. You listed off a ton of names, so I'm not going to, you know, I'll, I'll try not to uh, to rename any of the guys that you talked about. But another one, you know, promising younger guy, uh, Joe Valeno. Yep. Uh, one guy that I'm really, really looking forward to see if he pans out in the league or not is uh, Elder Solderblom. He's a guy who, when Stevie Y drafted him, everybody was kind of like, who the hell is this guy? This that you know, Stevie Y draft pick that we've gotten so used to seeing where he kind of takes this guy completely out of left field. Nobody saw it coming. And usually he hits on these. This is a dude who is six foot eight playing left winger. Uh, I've got to see quite a few videos. He's kind of been blowing up on social media. This is a dude who, despite his size, is a damn good skater and a really good puck handler. Um, and, you know, because of kind of the size of him, his length, he's really easy to keep guys away from the puck. He can kind of just like, you know, kind of like in basketball, how a big, tall dude can much easier block out a, you know, a shorter guy for a rebound. That's kind of what he brings to the table there as a winger. Uh, so really excited to see how he pans out. Uh, Jakob Vrana as well, another, you know, guy on the younger side of things. Uh, Zadina, you know, a veteran guy, Ben Sherratt, you know, there's just there's a lot of guys who are either like not elite but solid veteran guys and a ton of young promising talent. Uh, mm -hmm. I'm going Red Wings here in this one. All right, so Garth and I agree on that one as well. Um, next game, uh, Garth. I mean, we have to do this. It's the highlighted game. It's both our teams. Tampa Bay at Pittsburgh Saturday night at 7 p.m. Eastern. Um, don't know if we'll honestly even be able to watch this game because I'll be right in the middle of college football. Um, which has some really big games this weekend. That guard. Yeah, I definitely won't be able to watch that because I will be uh, at the game in Gainesville. That's if true. that wasn't the case, I would probably be watching it on Stream East because that is going to be a really cool game. But I, I won't be able to watch this one, unfortunately. Well, I'm not going to waste any time. This one, Garth. Uh, Tampa Bay wins this game five to two. Um, Pittsburgh is absolutely washed up. Retirement home team. <laughs> Tampa players, a lot of them still in their prime. Um, Jari, I like him, but, you know, he's a little bit inconsistent. You don't worry about that with Vasilevsky. Um, Chris Letang is going to have multiple blown defensive assignments in this game. A <laughs> couple of turnovers. The wrong team all night. Yep, a couple of turnovers as well. He'll be passing to a lot of white jerseys in this one. Um, I got Tampa Bay winning this one 5-2. What about you, Garth? Yeah, <laughs> I'm going to go with us here, too. Um, I won't be as harsh about your Pittsburgh Penguins as you are, Noah. But, um, yeah, I, I just like, you know, our roster a little bit better. And like you said, I like our goaltending situation a little bit better. I'm going to go with the Tampa Bay Lightning, uh, especially if we should lose tonight. Because I think if we lose tonight, that's going to kind of give us, like, a lot more momentum and motivation going into this game to uh, bounce back and win one. 
All right, uh, next game we're going to do will be, I think we have two games left. Uh, we're going to go with Ottawa-Toronto. I think that's a good matchup. Ottawa is definitely a resurgent team guard. You had them barely sneaking into the playoffs. Um, we've already talked ad nauseum about their incredible offseason they've had. Toronto looking to bounce back, finally breakthrough in the playoffs. Big rivalry, though. These teams absolutely cannot stand each other. Um, Ottawa has faced Toronto multiple times in the playoffs and haven't really beat them at all recently. I mean, Toronto basically owns them in the playoffs. But this is a big rivalry, um, so it's going to be heated. I think while Toronto is definitely the more talented team, um, you should not count out Ottawa in this game. Uh, their roster is much better, and they're going to be motivated, you know, facing one of their biggest rivals. So what are your thoughts heading into this one, Garth? Yeah, like you said, this is a huge rivalry game, which especially in hockey, you can kind of go ahead and throw the records and kind of the what the roster looks like on paper right out the window because these two teams are going to be going at it all night wanting to beat the hell out of each other. Um, you know, on paper, I like Toronto in this one uh, just because I think their roster is a little bit overall, you know, well, it's a lot more experienced in terms of, you know, having veteran guys who have played a ton of it you know, NHL games. Um, but I don't know. I, I kind of got a gut feeling that Ottawa goes in there and steals one. Uh, you know, not really any specific reason, just a gut feeling. I think if they get the offense going, um, you know, they can they can sneak in there and win one. Um, I will say that guys like Josh Norris have looked really good in the preseason to bring it as well. Uh, and Giroux, or as ESPN likes to call him, good old Jerry-O. Uh, they sneak in there and, and pull it off. And like I said, no specific reason, just kind of a gut feeling that I'm going to stick with. All right. So Garth is going with the upset there on that one, going with Ottawa over the Toronto Maple Leafs. I think it's a, a solid pick. Uh, I'm just going to be boring, though. I'm going to pick the Leafs to win this one. Um, better roster, although I really like Ottawa. Obviously, <laughs> my guy Tim Stutz as well. I look for him to hope they have a breakout year this year. But I think Toronto is absolutely stacked. I picked them to win the Atlantic because, you know, it's very offensive in the regular season. And the forward core is loaded. So I'm going to pick Toronto to win that one. Uh, we have one more game to pick, Garth. I'm kind of torn between two of these, honestly. I think Florida at Boston and Colorado at Minnesota are two really good games to pick. Um, so I'm going to kind of leave that that one up to you. You know, which of those games do you, do you want to pick for the last one? Um... I'm going to say let's go with Florida at Boston just because we've had one Colorado game already. And even though I've got a suspicion that that Colorado wild game is going to be a very good one. Also, Colorado has kind of had their number in recent years. That seems to be one of the teams that they usually, you know, beat up or win most of the games against. Uh, so let's go ahead with Florida and Boston. All right. Uh, real quick. I'm just a big Florida to win that game. I think Florida – I think they'll take a step back this year because I think they – first of all, I definitely think they lost the trade with the Flames. Uh, they lost a bit on the roster. They replaced their coach with Paul Maurice, who is a decent coach, but he underachieved, I think, last year with the Jets. And on the other side, uh, Boston, I don't know what to think about him. I love Swayman and Nett. I know you do as well. Pasternak to stud. Marchand's going to get it done you know, when he's back and healthy. Same thing with McAvoy. But I don't know, man. Boston's a weird team to me. I, they're not the team they used to be where you, you always knew you had to pencil them into the playoffs. I think they're they're around a wild card team. But I don't think they're a lock by any means to make the playoffs. Guard. I think this team, you know, from the past few years has really declined. I don't think they're anywhere near as big a threat as they were. Definitely not since they lost that Stanley Cup to the Blues. I think they've taken a really solid step back consistently in this uh, the past few years. I'm going pick Florida to win this one. Not really too high on either team either team this year, Garth. Honestly, I think both are just kind of be, you know, I think Florida will probably finish third in the division. Boston may be a wild card. I don't think either of these teams will be anywhere near as good this year as teams like the Leafs or the Lightning, obviously, in that same division. But um, I'm going to pick Toronto – or excuse me, <laughs> Toronto. I'm going to pick Florida to win this game. Um, see what Borowski does this year as well. And if he plays poorly, Garth, um, you know, it's going to be tough with them with that contract, but maybe Spencer Knight will finally get a shot in that as well. But on opening night, um, I'll pick I'll pick Florida to win a close one. 3-2. Look for Barkov to get a couple assists. Yeah, so two guys I'm looking forward to on this Florida Panthers roster this season. Uh, one who is for sure going to get a lot of playing time in Antoine Lindell, 
Uh, and then a guy that you just mentioned, who who knows if he'll play, uh, but hopefully he does, and hopefully he looks good, and that's Spencer Knight, one of the uh, goalie prospects that a lot of people are very high on, despite not really having showcased it yet at the NHL level. Um, and then on the other side of things with the Boston Bruins, you know, it's kind of the same old faces, Charlie McAvoy, uh, Brad Marchand, David Pasternak, um, you know, these guys that you feel like have been there forever. Um, I will say, much like you know, I'm not, you know, huge on this Boston Bruin roster this year. Um, they've still got a lot of, you know, solid guys there. But, you know, like you said, it seems like each year they're kind of like taking a step back. They're not quite as good as the year before. Uh, I am really big on Jeremy Swayman and goal. Like you said, I think that he still needs to get more experience in the NHL, you know, to kind of fully come into his own. Uh, and also, last I knew, they had a lot of injuries headed into the season. Uh, so I'm going to go Panthers here, but I think it'll probably be a, a good competitive game. Uh, and since it is about the Bruins, one thing that I kind of wanted to close out with tonight, Noah, is I wanted to ask a trivia question. Hopefully you don't already know the answer because I did uh, kind of spoil my own trivia by sending it. But off the top of your head, I don't remember if it was fans votes or NHL players, but uh, one of the two voted on this. Who do you think they voted as the best trash talker in the NHL? I'd say Marchand. Yep, Marchand did get a large majority of the vote with 50%. I think the next closest was only like 20. Uh, my guy, Patty Maroon, was down there in like fifth or sixth place with like 9% of the vote. So that was cool to see because mm -hmm. uh, I know all too well that guy loves to chirp it up and kind of try to get under a guy's skin, get him going. And, you know, he's the guy that's always rushing in to fight or shove somebody when, you know, a scruff breaks out on the ice. But, yeah, Brad Marchand was voted. By the majority, the best trash talking player in the NHL. Yeah, I remember when he licked that player a few years ago and then they lost <laughs> that series. <laughs> That's the main thing I remember with Marchand. Fantastic player. Um, obviously, he's been an idiot on the ice sometimes, but great player. Bergeron's another guy I didn't mention. Uh, yeah, he's still there. I always forget about him, but he's so good. Yeah, he's really solid. He's, like the, he's like the Victor Hedman of that team where he's just consistently very, very good every single year that you kind of just get – expected to him being you know playing at the level that he does well that's gonna do it for our predictions and basically gonna do it for our show real quick before we do get off your guard that just one final thing i do want to throw in here um nhl 23 releasing this friday yes i'm glad you said that because i did want to mention that for anybody watching or goes back and watches this after you know we get off tonight that's a gamer nhl 23 does come out friday me and Noah will both be playing the crap out of it, hopefully, schedules permitting, uh, but we will for sure at least have the game. Uh, so, yeah, pretty excited for that myself, Noah. Like I said, I was watching my uh, – I, I can't really call him a friend, but at least it's cool to say I met him. I was watching Nasher play uh, last night on stream. Absolutely. Uh, looking forward to that. The return of five foot five Sean Dawkins in Chell, getting, his, getting absolutely lit up all the time will be fun, so – Looking forward to that. Uh, but that's going to do it for another episode of our show tonight. Uh, Garth, do you have anything to say before we wrap it up here tonight? Uh, just a huge thank you and shout out to everybody that tuned in. As always, we love it when you guys stop by. Uh, blow up the comment section. Drop the likes. And other than that, you know, happy, uh, happy hockey kickoff day. And be sure to go check out our good buddy, uh, Hank and Dichter, on Hitting for the Cycle tonight. I'm sure he will be uh, – uh, for lack of better words, giving absolute hell to the New York Mets. Yeah, and I'm actually going to be a guest on that show, so you definitely know I'll be giving hell to the New York Mets. But um, that's going to do it for our show. Thank you, everyone, for watching. Thank you for leaving all the likes and comments and whatnot. Uh, we'll be back next Tuesday talking, you know, the first week of the season. Um, until then, enjoy your kickoff, and we'll see you next time. Have a good one.